Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is the fantastically talented chord master. Chord master is a classically trained pianist, a live streamer, music producer, math tutor, and YouTube content creator. He's been making music for about 15 years and just recently decided to begin sharing his content with the world. From spending 12 years working in corporate to becoming a middle school math teacher to really diving into music, content creation, and his tutoring business came at, Chordmaster has a vast and diverse background. To that point, his show Chordmaster Keys covers topics including music, technology, and lifestyle design. His show also features captivating stories from guests who are starting their own businesses and pursuing their creative passions. One of his personal goals is to place his music in a video game, cartoon, film, commercial, or even collaborate with artists to make amazing music together. Chordmaster is a happily married Christian black man and father of a beautiful baby girl with an engineering degree and two master's degree who has a story to tell and is steadfast in his eagerness to spread positivity and creativity with the world. Wow, look at that. You couldn't describe it better. I couldn't just sat here and described all that. You can go to chordmaster.com, K-H-O-R-D-A-M. <laughs> Let's try that again. K H O R D M A S T E R dot com and check out all his stuff. He has his tutoring and he's just starting a, a, a Patreon where you can actually uh, learn to write music and, and, and play the chords and piano and uh so go check out his patreon he has all kinds of cool incentives for that and um he's gonna come back to twitch eventually but he hasn't been streaming uh lately so but go check out his youtube all the links are in the show notes so please go and click and support your boy Chordmaster is coming up here shortly but first Go to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and go check out her latest EP called The Moon. The Moon features a song that was completely produced by Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> it's called Put On Your Crown and it's a fabulous little five song EP. So go check it out. It's uh, The link for it is in the show notes that you can find the link. Jeez Louise find the link to all your favorite music streaming platforms in the show notes and you can find the song she also streams on twitch four days a week mondays through thursdays 8 a.m to around 11 a.m ish uh eastern standard time that's twitch.tv slash reina mystique speaking of twitch come over and check out my channel or our channel it's ours it's ours together come be a part of the conversation come be a part of the interviews we do music news over there it's twitch.tv slash we speak english good right now we're streaming mondays wednesdays and fridays mondays and fridays 4 p.m eastern standard time wednesdays at 1 p.m eastern standard time and sometimes on sundays at 4 p.m eastern standard time so you know i'm, I'm around i'm streaming i'm doing it baby i'm doing it baby <laughs> 
come on through. We have a great time over there. I've been really enjoying doing music news, and um, I'm, I'm getting ready to release a, a single. I'm just doing the finishing touches on the mix and the master. I, I just decided today that I'm fuck this. I'm just gonna put this shit out. I, I had to add more stuff, but there's just so much stuff going on. I don't even care anymore. I'm, I'm done with this track. I just need to, to, to tweak it a little bit so it doesn't sound like shit, because the mix sounds like shit right now, so I'm not happy with that. Uh, so be expecting some new music and it, this is going to be a silly song. It's not going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be silly. It's going to be silly. I'm going to be a silly goose on it. So there you go. Happy Pride Month, by the way, everybody, to all our LGBTQ plus listeners. Uh, I hope you guys are proud. Say it loud. You're gay and you're proud or trans and proud. Do your thing, guys and gals and, and thems and theys. I love you guys, all you guys, all the colors of the rainbow. I hope y'all are finding love and a space to stand on this earth. So, uh, yeah, keep your head to the sky, friends. Things are bound to get better. At least for you guys. <laughs> I think as a collective, the human race is getting worse. But, <laughs> you know, uh, hopefully hopefully, communities can find a, a place to stand in this wild world. I, I think so. I think things are going okay. Uh, it could be better. Everything could be better. But, you know, we're, we work a little at a time. And uh, we, we slowly get there. But... Anyways, I wanted to just give a shout out to Pride Month. Happy Pride, y'all. Uh, if you want to support the show monetarily, you can go to our Stream Elements store and buy hats. We got hats now. Fully embroidered hats. I'm super excited about this. I'm stoked that we got a fully embroidered hat. You can get a WSEG hat and, uh, and more. Uh, you can also support us on our Threadless store, wespeakenglishgood.threadless.com. You can go over there, give us some love. Uh, we get a little taste off of everything that you buy. So, yeah, go get some, folks. Go get some. You can also like, subscribe, review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram. Ugh, Facebook, gross. <laughs> like us on TikTok, um, uh, Twitter, Rumble, all of it. We're there. So go check us out. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. You can follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube and Twitch. You can also leave a review. Now, this is very helpful and a very free thing for you to do. Leave a review on Apple iTunes. We'll read it on air. Or you can rate us on Spotify. You can give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. Go over there and do it. If you're going to give us a one star, keep that shit to your fucking self. No one gives a fuck. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. But don't you fucking do it, you sons of bitches. I'm just joking. Love each and every one of you sons of bitches. Uh, yeah. And so there you go. Do that stuff. Leave us a review anywhere you can or listen to your podcast. And write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing and what you think of the show and how can we improve? What do you want to hear more of? How was your day? How are you feeling? Are you are you overwhelmed by everything that's going on in the world? 
Is January 6th got you down? This is how much I don't give a fuck about January 6th. Uh, I don't care about January 6th because I'm paying five fucking dollars at the gas pump. So save that fucking drama for your mama. Lower the gas prices, government. Can we do that? Can we do that? I don't care about January 6th. I don't care about the Duck Dynasty fucking insurrection. That shit can go straight to fucking the devil. Who gives a shit? It's done. Put those bastards in prison. Let's move on. Who cares? Don't hang your whole fucking... Don't hang the whole political uh, outcome of this next election on that bullshit. Y'all need to address this this, this, this fucking gas shit and, and the, the price of groceries. Why don't you fix that shit? Who gives a shit about the other shit? Look, I know there's probably a lot of people. I didn't mean to. I didn't make. I didn't mean to make this about January 6th. But listen, I, I I could truly give a shit less. That that was that was nothing. It was stupid. And if anything, the cops were letting these sons of bitches in. They were opening the gates. Ray Epps, look into it. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm not trying to spend spread conspiracy theories here, folks. Anyways, <laughs> let's get back to what we're doing here everybody go and uh again follow our friend cordmaster or kevin allen you can go find him at cordmaster.com he has a podcast that you can find all in the links below and uh yeah it's called the 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 cordmaster keys podcast so go get yourself some go get some cordmaster.com all right guys put your hands together for this week's guest cordmaster Master, thank you so much for being here. I, I truly appreciate it. I, I, how was your day? Did you have any psycho, crazy people <laughs> talking down to you, or, or I, I don't know? What do you What do you do? What do you have a day job? What do you do? Yeah. So my my day job now is is being a father. So I'm a new father. So that's why when I was watching what you were just doing with that book, I was so moved. I have a, a two month old oh. uh, baby girl. Wow. Who's upstairs with my wife right now. Aww. And so these last, you know, two months have just been just, you know, hectic, crazy, but just so beautiful. Yeah. And I love it so much. And uh, to answer your question about the day job. So I'm a full time entrepreneur now. Um, I used to be a middle school math teacher. Uh, prior to that, I used to work for corporate. I used to work for Verizon for oh. 12 years out of college as wow. an engineer. And uh, but now, yeah, I have a tutoring company, so I do uh, math tutoring. So I'm able to do that and still give back and do something that I love to do. And then, of course, the the content creation stuff is, you know, where the real passion is. Wow. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, for sure. Like, how was how was teaching middle school? How was teaching today's youth? I mean, like, it just seems scary to me. I, 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 I don't. I guess I don't really interact with a lot of middle schoolers, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but but I fear them somehow. Like somehow I fear the youths. Uh, uh -huh. How how is it teaching today's middle schoolers and stuff? How was that for you? Did you did you love it? Like what what was your? Mm -hmm. How is it? It was uh, yeah, man. I, I did love it. I did love it. I was blessed that I. Um, the, the school that I taught at it was called Princeton Charter School. I'm gonna give them a shout out for sure. Hey. I'm actually going back on friday to their graduation which i'm super excited and anxious about because i'm going to get a chance to see my 
let's see, then sixth graders who are now graduating eighth grade. And it's like extreme exhilaration. Like I'll get a chance to see them, you know, graduate and stuff. They'll see me. I'm curious to see what kind of reaction response because it's been a year and a half since I've been there. Um, but man, yeah, I was, like I said, blessed to be in a, in a great school with great students. And I truly, truly, truly loved everything, everything about that first year of teaching. And the first year was uh, was the year, I guess you could say, of COVID. So I taught mm. all year. Actually, no, I'm sorry. The second year was first year was a regular school year. The second year was the year where that spring is when COVID hit. And then that's when I kind of realized that my the things that I love a lot about teaching um, were a little bit diminished because being in the presence of these middle schoolers who you're afraid of for some reason, <laughs> being in the presence of them is uh, is is part of the whole experience, of course, right? Being yeah. a teacher. So, yeah, that's what made me at that time. It was really crazy because I was teaching full time and my demand for my business, KMATS, uh, was was sky high at that time because parents were struggling, trying to figure out something for their kids to do um, to kind of bridge the gap. And uh, so I was really, really intently, intensely, you know, working for those maybe three or four months and knew it wasn't sustainable. So that was kind of what went into the decision to leave teaching and kind of really take the, the tutoring thing full time. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah, I couldn't imagine being... I, I couldn't imagine being a kid, uh, a young kid in school, and then the pandemic strikes, and it's like I just remember my son. I think he was in kindergarten, and and you know, like it was traumatizing for him too. You know, like it, just the amount yeah. of uh, the trauma, man, because like that that's a really crazy thing to be. Especially if you're in middle school, right? Like you just been on this. It's a pattern, you know. Summer's coming, and then you know you're back in the fall, and then you know you have uh, winter break, and then you have a spring break, and you have mm-hmm. all these, you know, family plans and trips, and Ugh, I gotta go to school. Ugh, I gotta wake up. Ugh, I gotta do this to like just okay. Now it's like the world is ending, everyone. Let's just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can't imagine how that was. Um, I, I don't know, like, how, how did you take it? How, what did you notice about your students in those first, you know, few weeks as you're teaching online, going from, you know, in person to online? Yeah, there was, it was kind of a mixed bag. There were, there were kids, let's see, that first year teaching full-time uh, remotely, there were some students who I had the previous year, so mm. we had that rapport already. Yeah. They knew me and stuff like that. But certainly for my then fifth grade class that I was teaching, these were all brand new students. And the school was like, um, I guess we say smart enough or like they thought that it would be a great idea at that time when still people didn't know, you know, the risks associated fully and everything with what was going on. But we did a safe you know, socially distant outdoor meeting to start the school year so that those fifth graders and pretty much everyone can have a chance to meet their teachers in person. Mm. Um, and I thought that was huge, right? Being yeah. able to see these kids in person and kind of bridge that gap was was definitely important. But I would say mixed bag in the sense of many, many kids uh, were challenged, of course, with this new way of learning. And many or some kids, let's say, really thrived in this, in the freedom um, mm. Because they didn't, ne- they were, they didn't necessarily need uh, as much of the stuff that we were teaching. Maybe because they really got it, you know, on their own and stuff like that. So they they were kind of able to just do their own thing and still get good grades and stuff like that. So those kids kind of thrived, but mm. there were le- a lot less of those than the the first type that I mentioned. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. my niece, my niece was in, or is still in high school, but she, you know, when it happened, she was uh, she was in high school and she loved it. She was like, "Ugh, I don't want to go back." She did yeah. not want to go back, and um, you know, like I, I can get that. I know. I would have been that person to be like, yes, I never want to go back to school again because I, I didn't care for school. But like, I don't know, man, the that uh, that that initial shock, I just can't imagine what that would be like. Um, what about the age group that you're teaching that you did you enjoy about it? Because, again, I, I do fear them because they are <laughs> scary little. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I just I guess it's like that idea that I don't relate you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't know how I'd relate to them. Get, kids make me uneasy anyways. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love my kid and, and kids are cool. I don't I don't mm -hmm. dislike kids, but, <clears throat> you know, they're not my kids. So it's like, mm -hmm. I just don't have that, you know, oh, look at all the children. I love them all. I mean, most of the yeah. time they're like picking their nose and smelly <laughs> and, and they talking shit to the to people. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just... I, I I like I don't know. Did did you have problems with kids talking? To you? I mean, it's a. You said you were in a magnet school. It was a charter school. A charter school. So you yep. had, so you had kids from all different places all over the 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 city that you live in. You had them sort of bust in. Or is that how it worked? Um, it was actually a public charter school, different than a private charter school, mm -hmm. which is I guess more common. A lot of people, you know, think when I say charter that it's a it was private, but this was a public one, so it was still in Princeton. Um there was a couple there was a couple of things. So I didn't have really that that difficult of a time. I think it was it was a few things that I learned sort of quickly, right? Just kind of like being myself, giving the kids respect. Um and those, I guess those were like the, the two most important things going there and just like who I was in front of these students was very similar to who, you know, I am on my own, on my own. Mm. Like I joke around, but I can get serious when I need to be. Um, and these kids, of course, wanted the respect that I wanted from them. They needed to also be respected. So mm. I learned that very early on. Um, but I remember something that, that will stick with me forever. As a matter of fact, uh, you guys can probably see it that picture right over there is kind of small am i pointing the right way yeah uh here we go that one right there this is like um two different drawings that two different of my sixth graders drew for me and it's like i'm not going to grab the phone and bring it over but like one of them is like says the incredible mr allen on it the one that's closer to me mm. the one that's closer to me and it's like a whole bunch of like little versions of me doing all these different things like having a tug of war with my evil twin <laughs> to doing ballet <laughs> to drink in my green smoothie, which I always used to bring to class and the students like, oh, you know, what is that kind of Ew, thing? Yeah. So it's, like, it's like this attention to detail that they had that I'm just like up there doing my thing, you know, whatever. But they're so, and we were all kids at one time, right? So it's like, we kind of, it kind of makes sense, right? They were so observant with these things and that just really took me aback. And then not to be outdone, the other student was like, wow, Mr. Allen reacted this way. I need to do one too. And the other person, she was like a huge fan of the, it's kind of interesting, animals, uh, hippopotam, hippopotamuses, hippopotami, however it's pronounced. <laughs> um, and so she she drew a whole bunch of versions of me as that animal uh, next to it. And wow. so I took these and I'm like looking at them. I'm like, okay, these are too dope to just not do something special with. So I had them in my file for a while. And then my wife got me, she helped me decorate the studio mm. a little bit. And I put that up there. But I will say with regards to the, the experience working with these kids, man, my first year teaching, I had a fourth grade teacher um, come to my room like the like the couple days before the first day of school 
and come and give me like a little sort of guidance about some of the kids who were in my fifth grade class because he had several of them the mm. year before. So that was like a thing that they w- wanted to do just to kind of, you know, give you a heads up kind of thing like that. Yeah. Right. So he had me like, he was like, oh, you have an incredible, incredible fifth grade class this year. He's like, but watch out for these two kids. Mm. I'm not going to give the names because one day they'll no, be like, oh, shoot. You know, no, yeah. but watch out, watch out for these two kids. Um, just make sure you don't sit them next to each other because, you know, they kind of bounce off each other and it's like they can kind of derail the class. Right. Yeah. And certainly that is kind of, you know, the first couple days of school, first couple of weeks. I kind of saw that. I was like, oh, wow, you know, he's right about that. Mm. But now fast forward to the end of the year, so much has happened from that beginning, that first day, all the way to the end of the year, where we talk about relatability. Like these kids, he, he became, like, I would say both of them became like two of, if not like my favorite, can't, you can't have favorite students, but I, I can say it now maybe, I yeah. guess. But like two of my favorite students that I had because they just needed you to talk to them at their level, mm. right? And one of them was like super, like his level was like, beyond what I would imagine a fifth grader would kind of like the way his mind worked and stuff, imagination wise and all these other things. And he just needed to kind of harness that. Uh, He would always come talk to me like during like recent or during like a dismissal outside when I, when I had dismissal duty. So it was a really like just something I'll never forget. Right. I I really appreciated the fact that I didn't go into it thinking like, Oh man, this is public enemy number one, but rather, you know, this is a kid who this teacher struggled with. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair. But I'm gonna, you know, figure out throughout the year, and it was it was incredible. At the end of the year, th- there's this thing called Kahoot, which is a website that kids. Have, have you heard of it? Uh, I, I, I no, no, but I just like the name Kahoot. Oh, That's funny! <laughs> it is a cool name. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a it's a it's a website that a lot of schools use, and and like uh, like team building events and stuff too. Essentially, it's like a it's like a questionnaire game show kind of thing. And you can look up like math questions for fifth grade math, or you can look up mm. like movie questions or fun things or whatever. And so they always, you know, wanted to play that because it was a fun thing to do and, you know, bragging rights and all that. So one year or not one year at the end of the year, the last year I was teaching, I let one of these students make um, make one of the cahoots for me. And I kind of vetted it to make sure like the math questions were good and everything. And I was just taken aback by one of the math questions. I'm not going to go as deep into it. I don't know if we got math fans out here. But one of the questions on there was, it was a multiple choice question. And it was like a large number times another large number. It was something like, you know, a three digit number times another three digit number, for example. Mm -hmm. And it was four options. And he only gave the students like five seconds or like seven seconds to solve it. And there's no calculated usage. So you look at this and you're like, everyone's thinking he's, trolling them because there's no way that we can do this and it's like a guessing thing or whatever but man if he didn't think outside the box and realize that yes there is a way that you can eliminate three of the answers based on whatever now i'm getting into my math mode based on whatever the ones digit is of the answer right it's like okay 346 times 492 the last digit is six of the first number last digit is two of the second number so you know that the one's digit of this answer has to be a two because six times two is 12 and that two is always going to be there. Mm. So he thought of this and only had one answer with that one's digit that makes sense. And I, and I didn't even catch that. I'm like, dang, like you thought of this. That's really, really cool. Mm. And afterwards, you know, I gave him props and everything. So as you can see, super excited to have these types of like memories and things to kind of call back on. Um, and I'm excited about for my tutoring business to slowly get back into in-person 
tutoring as well. I do a lot of um, virtual, all virtual right now. Mm. But I'm excited to to get um, in, in talks to have like an office space to be able to start doing some of these lessons in person to get some of this same type of energy and feel um, that I had when I was teaching in person as well. Yeah, oh, that that's awesome, man. You know that that kind of connection that you can. We can bond with kids like, I, you know, I, I get that idea where you can where, when you're bonding with them, when they respect you, when they're, it's just like you see some of these teachers that uh, I don't know what happens to them somewhere on the line. But they sometimes they sort of I, I don't know, they don't like their job anymore and they somehow are you, you get disenfranchised with the kids and they're all constantly fighting the kids for to get their attention and the kids have just sort of they're like lord of the flies and just doing their own thing and i i don't know what that is um because at one point you know they probably wanted to be a teacher and they wanted to help kids and they wanted to do that but i don't know what do you think that is when 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 teachers sort of get disenfranchised with the pro with the job and and then you when you see a teacher and their room is unruly and they they just don't have control over it and they're just you know they're just angry about everything it's like what is that to you? What do you what do you see that as? Yeah, I think to me, I'm I'm thinking about the answer to that question as you're asking. I think probably the the most important component to cause that, in my opinion, is probably like the leadership in the school and the way the school mm. is run as a whole. Because I believe that like when you look at teaching, there's many components to it. Right, a big component is the actual being in the classroom and actually conducting the lesson. But in addition to that, depending on the school, there's, you know, different things that teachers need to be, you know, thinking about and, and handling um, outside of the classroom, such as, you know, lesson planning to meetings, staff meetings, to just having the ability to talk to the leadership in your school when there's to bounce ideas off and things like that. Openness and willingness to listen to ideas that teachers have. Um, because teachers are, you know, a lot of them are, are great and do have ideas to kind of help mm. better the students. But if you're in an environment where, 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 you know, the staff is not or the leadership is not receptive to that, I think that that's a major part. I do think that, like you said, too, like if you've been doing something for a long period of time as well, um, I, I only taught, you know, two years. So my case was like I have I still have these star starry eyes kind of thinking yeah, about yeah. it. Um, but the people who've been there many, many, many years there's um, there's there's things that happen like like think about the fact that you know I worked at Verizon for 12 years and different roles all different types of things that I did there but certainly at the end of the time there I was kind of like all right I'm ready for something different which is why I soul searched for about a year before making the leap uh, and that, that it wasn't an easy decision right like leaving a six figure job leaving a job where I could work from home sometime leaving a job where I didn't have stress really associated with it because I knew what I was doing. I was mm. good at it, but I left all of that because the most important thing to me at that time in my life was fulfillment and making mm. an impact. And when I think about, you know, I don't, I can't think of, I, I, I look at like teaching and I look at like, like nurses and my, I mean, I, there might be other ones too, but I look at both of those as like two roles where, you know, you, you work hard, you're probably undervalued a lot in this society, at least in terms of your pay, um, in terms of, you know, the support that we get from, you know, thinking a little bit outside of just the immediate stuff, but the support as a country as a whole, in terms of valuing these roles. Um, I think that, yeah, those are, those are the ones that are, that are just super impactful. Like after a hard day at work, like, you know, that you 
help someone, mm-hmm. right? You help kids or you help someone who, who needed it in a hospital or something. Um, but yeah, I would say those are probably the two things that, that I would think of being there for a while and then the support from your leadership. Yeah. And you kind of touched on something too, is like, you know, there's, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I misconstrued this, the, the idea, but like, you know, I, I feel like there is a lack of appreciation for certain members of our community of who, who, uh, their roles, right? Like, uh, like teachers, right? You know, the teachers never get enough love. You know, I mean, doctors do, nurses get love, but 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 the the fact that teachers are teachers, I feel like get used a lot in in sort of political strategy, um, and, and they just don't get paid worth a shit. I, I feel like they don't get paid worth a shit. Like I think what teachers do should be you know top one of the top tier jobs you could have. I mean, because like when you see how schools are underfunded and, you know, like, uh, Morby is from overseas. So she was kind of, uh, confused on what a charter school is. And she was like, wait, is all of your schools over there just underfunded? It's like, yeah, in some areas, schools are underfunded. Yeah. And, or like they're in, in, in underserved communities and there's, there's, uh, there's metal detectors and TSA agents and cops everywhere, yeah. you know? So like, it, it's really interesting, uh, how, you know, as a society, we kind of don't value our educators and that that and you could see it by, you know, just just their pay and how some teachers have to like pay out of pocket to to get different things and activities and, and supplies for their classroom. Uh-huh. And, and I, I think that's a damn shame. I think that we should we should be treasuring our educators because there's nothing more important than our, our children going to a facility and and having you know people like literally i mean not just babysitting you but trying to educate you instilling morals and ideas and all these all these other you know very important fundamentals that children have that in building blocks on how they you know how they think and how they perceive the world and it's just it's it's really interesting how teachers sort of get lumped into this like like you, you know, I know in some places it's really nice. You know, some 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 uh, school districts are in great neighborhoods and they have yeah. lots of funny. Um, me and my wife, we started a art business, a, a school after school art program where we we basically would pitch to these different schools and we they would hire us to go in and start an art program because a lot oh, wow. of these schools. And, and this was in San Diego, California, and this was like we had contracts in La Jolla, California, and La Jolla is like the like the rich beach town of 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 San Diego, and okay. and Point Loma as well is a very rich part of town. And what was interesting is that all their art programs had been cut, and so that opened a market for us. And so mm-hmm. even these schools that are in these really really great neighborhoods are they still are their funding is getting cut and it's just it, it, it's just very it, it's 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 just awful to me I, I don't know how does that you know how does that you know fall on your ears like when you hear about these kind of situations and you see how teachers are being sort of treated or political pawns and i mean not too long ago they were like teachers are overpaid i, I remember in wisconsin you know teachers were on strike and they were they ran into the the capitol building and they were like took over the capitol building and mm-hmm. i remember they're like everybody hated the teachers at one point and then mm-hmm. I, and then now there's you know they're receiving crap for other reasons because uh, now they're calling teachers groomers, <laughs> so there's all kinds of weird stuff. It, it, I don't know how does that 
uh, you know, when when you hear those kinds of things and you see those kinds of things, uh, how does that fall in your ears? Well, I think I I agree with a lot of it, first mm-hmm. off. And I, I think like when you think about parents who are in the market to move, right, and looking at different areas to move to, like the top of the list, right, is the school district. Like that's what matters to parents. They want to yeah. make sure that the kids are going to be in yeah. a great environment. You know, we have a kid now, right? So like that's that's like it's a whole new way of looking at and thinking about things. Like everything that I care about is like one notch a little bit lower because she's like higher than all of those things, right? Yeah. And so when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to just the value and just the the value that teachers bring, um, I mean, you just think about it, right? Like if we lived in a society where where teachers were valued more, first of all, perhaps there, perhaps we can. There's a few things that can happen, right? One is like there's probably a lot of teachers out there who who are not inspired to to do their best because they're not being taken care of because like their best should equate to a salary that allows them to be able to go on a vacation or do these things that they want to do to recharge so that they can always be, you know, the best they can be when they're in the classroom. And so there's probably a lot of teachers who are frustrated about about that, about the pay and realizing that, yes, mm. the, the, the type of work that I'm doing and the amount that I'm doing doesn't coincide necessarily with the with my salary. Um, but I think I, I, I really don't even know sort of what needs to happen, right, in order to, to fix that. I, I feel like there's probably a lot of things in order to, to get to a point where, you know, money is allocated in a way where teachers are going to be uh, compensated properly. But just thinking about, like, like if if the salaries were more competitive, then perhaps there would be more likelihood that more that better candidates and like great candidates and people who are doing other things, um, you know, with it, like, like take me, for example, I, I had a, such a diverse experience working for Verizon. A lot of people are not, not, not even willing, but aren't capable of like having a job like that with that kind of pay and then leaving that to go somewhere right. where you're cutting 40% or whatever it was with your salary. Yeah. So in my case, I, you know, I thought about it for a while. I knew, I knew what the the trajectory was. I knew it wasn't going to be like, okay, I'm changing my my career to become a teacher. You know, for ten years, twenty years. I knew, I knew it was a short term thing. Uh, I knew the entrepreneurial thing was on the radar for me. And so for me, like looking at what can I do, right, to kind of um, help, I guess, the cause. For me, like having this business that I have allows me to do a few things, like do something that I love. Um, help students in a subject matter that so many people hate for reasons that are that are in the, the subject of course is math and the re- the reasons are so varied but a major thing is like that traumatic experience that a lot of kids had when they were anywhere in grade school or wherever where they had a teacher that made math like miserable, right? Be- because of the way the teacher taught it, because of the not niceness of the teacher. I was just talking to, I, I was, I was, I was at a coffee shop the other day doing some work, and you know, I wanted to get some brownie points with the wife. So like, she likes this, I, this Italian icy place in the area. So I went, went, went over there, picked up like a lemon Italian icy for her, and which happened to be her, her. She's not obviously pregnant anymore. We have the baby now, but that happened to be her favorite, like craving during mm. pregnancy. Like she always wanted lemon icy, like Italian lemon icy. I'm like I got you. I don't know if she if she still really wanted it, you know. Now that she's not pregnant, but she she was she was really happy with it. But there was like a maybe 50 year old woman. I was talking to her. She's the owner of the place, 
And I'm talking to her and she remembered me from last year. I was there when Jess was pregnant mm. and I was telling her I show a picture. So it was a nice, nice heartwarming moment. Yeah. Not as heartwarming as you read in the book, that, which is just, <laughs> it's just, just like, whoa, that's so cool, man. Oh, yeah. um, but she, uh, she was, we were talking and she was telling me about this math teacher she had when she was in third grade. And that is the moment that she started hating or disliking math. And she went into like such detail about mm-hmm about why like she described this teacher this high heels and red lipstick and long black hair and she talked the way that she would talk and she you know imitated her and everything and i'm just like there's so much of that right there's so much of like that moment where the subject it it just you fall behind the eight ball and then next year you're expected to know what the other students know and then it's just kind of kind of piggybacks off that so for me to have the ability um at first for me to be doing all the tutoring but now having a small team that i'm building right another math tutor now an english tutor um it's it's beautiful man i love doing it but getting back to your your point about like what can be done i i don't know the answer to it i i think in terms of my part to be able to help and help make this subject matter small scale. I'm, I only have, you know, several students in the, in the grand scheme of the number of kids that are in school in the whole U S but it's um, it's rewarding. And it's certainly helping. I had, I had a kid that, that had a D to start the year and my, my, uh, my math tutor who's been working with her for the entire year, the mom said like a long message to me and, and my, my other tutor about just how, and I had to post this on my KMAT's Instagram, just how grateful she was. This girl got, aced her final test, had an A to end the year, and one of her close friends, now I feel like I'm like like promoting my business, but hey, you know, it it kind of, might as well, let's go. Yeah, right. One of her, one of her close friends was in one of the big name competitors for like the uh, learning centers, which I, I won't, you know, name. But she also started the year with the D and she kind of still has the same same grade to end the year. So like all that information was shared with me. I didn't have anything directly to do with this because I wasn't tutoring that girl. But just to know that my business transformed, you know, this girl's outlook on a subject that she just did not was not feeling at the time. It's uh, it's something that's so exciting and, and seeing how excited you know, my, my tutor was about, his name is Eric, seeing how excited he was about that message, it just like moved me and just made me feel like, all right, like we're doing something important here and something that we both really care about. Yeah. No, I, I think that is, that is, you know, like when, when you say, I don't know what can be done, I think that is what can be done is that we can all sort of find ways that we can contribute to our community however we can. And that's that's how I felt when you know me and my wife were doing that art program after the after school program. I mean, you know, yes, we we're just, you know creating contracts, we were making money off of it, but it was like it it, it enriched so many kids' lives. And now she shows me pictures because she she has you know they all follow her on Instagram, so she shows me pictures of these girls and and these kids, you know, and they're all because there was a lot of girls involved. There was a few boys, but like. Now they're all like, you know, they're all about to go to college and, and they're all like older wow. and they're all, some of them are, are scantily cladded and, and that makes me uncomfortable. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember when she was just like this little girl who was awkward right. and was having a good time in art classes. Like, it, uh, but, but uh, you know, I, I think that is what you can do, right? It's like whatever you mm-hmm. can do to contribute to your community in, in any way. Um you know, it doesn't even have to be like tutoring programs or anything, but like, it's interesting, you know, how far away we grow from our communities, be, trying to be a part of a community. And I, I don't know, like, will, will 
I don't like in a, an apartment building. I, I don't want to talk to people in here, but you know, this in itself is a little community, but I, I don't really want to deal with it. But I do like going out and, and helping people in the community. I do like being mm -hmm. a part of, I do like touching people's lives. I, I was, um, um, I was working at a homeless shelter over the winter and we did this like winter crisis thing. And there was just so many people that you just, you know, just by remembering their name, looking them in the eye, mm -hmm. treating them with respect, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. in some way, because I remember when I got hired in, she was like, you have kids, right? I was like, yeah, I got a son. She's like, you'll do fine. <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, I didn't really know what she meant, but I did when I started working there because in some ways, the homeless and with mental health and drug addiction, they can be kid-like and they could like throw fits and there's lots of tears and there's like grown men who are just sobbing and in front of me i'm just like oh geez louise you know this is a lot but but at the end of it it was like such a i don't know it was a very rewarding job and they just sent me uh, my sister or um someone sent me a thing that said uh, you know like it was a um it was my old boss, sorry. My old boss sent me this uh, this note that someone gave her and was like, um, I really like Mike and I hope he, he like he really touched me in, in, in a good way. And um, yeah, I'm paraphrasing terribly right now, but you know, like um, he really helped, you know, shape a new, new perspective on life. And I really, um, you know, like that's super touching, like those moments where, uh, you, you give yourself into these moments where you, you, you allow you allow yourself to be vulnerable, but not you know weak or or <clears throat> let people walk over you. But like you allow yourself to to be there for people, and and the the feeling that you get in return is just it, it's beautiful. And I never knew that about myself, right? I never knew that <clears throat> that I, I mean, like I've again, I've always been about the community and always wanted to be a part of it and such, but. Like to be that embedded into a community like that, uh, into my community in that way, it was a very beautiful thing that I didn't know that I had a knack for because I didn't know, like I was good at it. I was very good at it. And I don't know, man, it, it's, I, I, I recognize that feeling that teachers will get or, you know, that people who work, you know, uh, do, do social work, maybe, you know, like just mm. these different things, but I can also see how it can be, uh, you know, it's a tremendous load to bear at times as well. Were, were you in a, like you were in a charter school, so it was, I, I, I imagine it was funded well, or at least well-funded and, and you guys had access to like the, the stuff you needed to do your job properly. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have anything really to to compare it to mm -hmm. personally. Right. Because it was um, since it was my first and only. But I, I certainly, you know, know, like so you mentioned social work. So my wife is a social worker, um, but a lot of her friends as well as her family, like my sister-in-law and quite a few of her friends are, are also educators. Mm. Um, and so I've heard a lot of stories for sure about a lot, like you mentioned before, coming out of your pocket to to do things for the classroom and stuff like that. That's why it's like. It's, uh, it, it's great that I had a chance to experience it the way that I did, right. um, but I'm not naive to the fact that many, 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 many teachers, um, you know, would not have been able to necessarily say that for their first year of teaching, depending on where they were. And even in my case, so Princeton, in terms of the demographics, I was the only black teacher in the entire school. Mm. Um, 
And uh, that was something that I remember vividly, right, when I when I got the offer and, you know, I'm looking around at the school and stuff like that, uh, different staff when I was doing getting the tour during my interview. And I just remember thinking at the time, like, I really want uh, to be a math, a middle school math teacher. So the opportunity is here. And here's a unique opportunity for me to come into this environment where I'm the only one like me. Um, but I can be myself and perhaps introduce some of the staff who at the time I didn't, you know, I don't know what their personal lives are like and who they hang out with and all that stuff. But I do know that, you know, I made an assumption just based on the environment that I'm in. Right. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I can come in here and I could be myself and really just, I mean, for lack of a better word, like knocked it out of the park. Like I was just going into work. I was doing a great job teaching. I was enjoying it immensely. I, I really had great relationships with many of the coworkers that, that I met pretty, pretty much from day one. And so it was just, it was one of those things where um, I just have so many, so many just great things to say about it, right? And I think people really respected me and, and you know, vice versa and stuff. And so that's why when I go back on Friday, it's about to be like, it's like a celebration of sorts, yeah, you know? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they're happy to see me. I don't know, maybe yeah. I'll be so happy to see them and they're like, oh, you know, I, We'll see how it goes. I'm super excited, man. I'm sure it's gonna be great. I'm sure it's gonna be like uh, a, a nice little, a nice little, um, a nice little reunion, man. That's yeah. I mean, that's beautiful, man. It's beautiful that you could love your job, and and you know, even though you were only a part of it for a couple of years, it was still like something that. Uh, I mean, it takes a lot of balls, I think, to leave a well-paying job to go do something that just because you don't feel fulfilled like you want you're mm. looking for fulfillment in life and there's so many people who sort of just stay in these jobs that i don't know if you hated your job at verizon but you know you obviously weren't satisfied with that job so you you left but there are so many people who will stay in these an unsatisfactory positions and just gruel through it because it's paying the bills and, you know, and, and, and they're able to, you know, provide for their family, which is nice. And there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with that. It's mm -hmm. just, man, uh, you only get one life, right? You only get one. And to sit there and like, just let it, like my father, you know, my father, he worked at a job he absolutely hated for until, until he was forced into retirement. And it's like, I look at that and I just, I don't ever want that to be me, you know, like the job, I, I had to get a day job because I was working for myself, me and my wife, both as musicians mm -hmm. for, for, you know, six, seven years. And then, so I've been, I had to get it back into the workforce and that was really hard. And like, especially in days like today, when some like very unstable person is in some sort of position of power and they're mm -hmm. just sort of like unleashing their crazy energy on you. And I was like, I don't have to deal with this bullshit. Like, I, I mean, in some ways, I guess I do. But like, I, you know, like I immediately shut off and I just walked away from the situation, not in a rude way, but like very much like my answers were short. I let them know that, you know, like things are going to happen when it happens and that's when it's going to happen. So, you know, mm -hmm. you standing here being crazy at me is not really going to get anything solved. And honestly, yeah. it was putting us behind, as a matter of fact. But, um, yeah, man, it, it's uh, – I, I, I don't know, like, did you um, did you have a fear of sort of, uh, you know, living out that situation where you're just in a job that's unfulfilling? I mean, obviously you did because uh, you left, but, like, 
you know, what was that thing that sort of snapped and you're like, I got to get out of here. I got to do something else. Yeah. Um, so a couple of unique things happened. So when I was at Verizon around the time when, when I started tutoring, like the one or two students and started really enjoying that, that was right around the time that I got involuntarily laid off in the company. So we heard mm -hmm. rumors about this happening and we had a new CEO come in. And I think like, I don't know, 30% of like the workforce, like they really, really like cut a ton of positions. Whoa. And so they booked out all the conference rooms this day. I think it was like the week before Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I saw my manager <laughs> wearing a suit this day. And I was like, this guy never wears suits. I was like, this guy's about to lay some people off today. Uh. So he sent me an email, you know, with the with the invite uh, <laughs> that just said, I'll never forget it. It was like a meeting invite and the subject line said MTG short for meeting, but he didn't even spell the word out, just MTG. It was like a 15 minute meeting at like nine to nine fifteen or something. I was like, okay, there it is. Yeah. I, I knew at that moment that this was going to be the end of my time at Verizon. Wow. Called my wife, made my breakfast. Actually, I had like oatmeal. I had like an egg white cup, made my breakfast when I saw the email. And then at the time, like I started eating, I was like, I'm, I'm bringing this food in. I don't want my food to get cold. <laughs> so I called my wife and I went in there and respectfully listened to what he had to say and everything. And what happened was, there was a pack severance package that they were offering, right? And it wasn't it was it was involuntary, so the position was was being you know cut. This is in November, and then I had until December of that year, the end of the year, December thirty first, to find another position in the company. Mind you, thirty percent of the people are leaving. There's like hiring freezes. It's virtually impossible to find another another opening. Mm -hmm. So, what happened though? Uniquely, that that same day, there was a. Uh, unsponsored networking event going on um at the nearby hotel right next to our headquarters where, where i worked at mm -hmm. and i knew about this for like months months in advance so i was planning on going to it but then that day i was kind of just like thinking about a lot of different things almost didn't go to it decided to go to it and met some incredible people who are one two or three levels under the ceo of the company and i went there not to try to network and find another position but just to go there and i was in great spirits at the time and people are like man you just got laid off like how how are you still in great spirits and then some people were like you know they didn't say this explicitly then but after the fact like they were like seeing you talking to you seeing you work the room seeing all these things like we we as as a as a you know group of people who were like leaders in the company were like we don't want this person going somewhere else mm -hmm. right it, it was kind of like the mindset so one of the guys ended up opening a new role on his in his organization for me, which again was um, not even not expected. Just almost that that's not that's something like that wasn't to happen, right? But he yeah. was able to do it, and I, I was able to stay in the company in this new role for the next year. And but I knew at that moment I was like, my time is numbered. Like I'm not going to be here for that much longer. Mm -hmm. But that allowed me to really figure out what I wanted to do next, mm -hmm. and then. Literally a year later, a voluntary severance package came up. And at that time, I knew what I wanted to do. This package was better than the one that I was offered the year before. So I was like so excited when I saw this email. The feeling that I had about, wow, this is the end of my time here on my terms. And I was just so excited yeah. because I knew I didn't have anything lined up, but I knew what I wanted to do. And there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to make it happen. Um, and just, you know, think about it, right? We work so many hours, you were mentioning it. We work so many hours, you know, consistently ever, I mean, pretty much our whole lives, right? We're in school and then, we, you know, college, and then we 
probably are working right after that if we're if we're fortunate enough to find a job. And I was just in, in the mindset of let me take a little time off. Let me figure out what I want to do. And it was it was a beautiful time to kind of just reset a little bit. Um, I was blessed to be able to do that. And that's when the Princeton Charter School opportunity came up. And, you know, I, I, I actually accepted a adjunct college professor, not adjunct, yeah, a part-time college, college um, you know, lecturer position at first. And I was super excited about that. But then this full-time position opened up and I had to make a decision. And the decision was thankfully the right one, yeah. um, having, having taken the Princeton Charter School uh, role. Yeah. Yeah, that that that'll do it. That the whole motivating, like for me, the, my motivation to start working as like a full time musician was well, getting myself fired. So that's a great motivator. Losing your job yeah. is a great motivator yeah. to get you into something else. But totally. but it's a but it's a it's a scary thing. Was it was it was it scary for you, or was it just something you were just like very passionate about? So you're like, I'm really happy to just be going and doing something else. Man, I, I can I can honestly say, and I remember talking to my, my counselor, I, I did some therapy sessions around that time too, just to kind of understand things better in my life and stuff. And I remember telling her that I, I'm i not much of a risk taker. And I, I, I realized that about myself for a long time. Like generally speaking, I'm kind of even killed and I'm like, go with the flow kind of thing like that. And then later on, I tell her in the conversation that, you know, this whole story about leaving leaving the job that I left. And she's like, but wait a second, you know, you said you want a risk taker, like leaving your position without anything lined up is a risk. And I told her, and this is true, like it never felt like a risk. And I think a major part of this, as I realized who I am and I realized what I bring to the table and I reflect back on all these experiences in my life of having conversations with people, you know, not not unlike what you and I are having here and understanding, you know, what I bring to the table and knowing that I have not overconfidence, but I just have immense confidence in myself. So like when doors close to me, it's not like, oh man, I mean, it used to be this way maybe years ago. Mm. It's not like, oh man, I wish that happened or wish it's like, that's okay. Like that, this, this wasn't the right time for this. Or maybe it's like, that's their loss. Like if you guys don't want to, you know, don't see the value that I'm bringing, that's cool. No problem. Someone will. And it it always kind of just works out that way. Um, and I, I'm kind of oversimplifying it a little bit, but I think a major part of this whole experience, even, you know, as we get into content creation and having the YouTube yeah. channel and this marathon of, you know, now two and a half years or so of making content that, that I'm that I'm really, you know, proud of and excited about. Uh, I think a big part of it is is believing in yourself, believing that you are, you know, a good person and you're someone who is trying to do good, like like yourself. You mentioned a lot of things just now, even about like, I didn't know about the art program and stuff like that. Like that's something that you and, and Raina, you guys have interest in that. And so, and you identified a, a need, as you mentioned, and having the ability to kind of like bring those two things together and figure a way to make everyone win. You guys win, you get paid, you doing something you enjoy. They win because they're having a, a resource of something that, maybe the kids at the time don't even realize is as valuable as you realize and and that we as adults realize but man having this creative outlet whether it's music or art you know visual artistry or whatever it is that is something that i don't i don't believe everyone has has a inclination or interest in it but damn if you do have that you 100 have to 
do something with it. Mm-hmm. You like not even as a as a thing to make money, but just as something like to relieve these other stresses that are just imminent in our lives. Right? You mm-hmm. have to have that thing that brings you some excitement, some fulfillment. Um, and I'm blessed, like with the piano. You know, I I started really taking it serious a couple of years ago, and about four years ago now. And I'm just so glad that I did because that's kind of changed everything for me. I can be in any mood that I'm that I'm in, but sitting down on the piano and just playing. And you know this because you you're in, you know you play you're a musician too. You said you play the keys. I'm sure Raina and, and others who may be in the chat as well. But having that, having that right, having that as your own thing to just be able to play is so amazing, and I mm. love it so much. And I'm right now I'm working on like working on more classical pieces now. So I play all different types of music depending on just my mood and things like that. But right now I'm working on like some Mozart and I'm working mm-hmm. on one specific piece of, Mo- of, of Mozart. I think it's a piano sonata. I get mixed up between 11 and 16, but one of the two, and I'm like playing it every day, multiple times a day. And I'm just like, and most of the time with headphones, cause you know, you play it too much and your wife is like, you know, come on that again, you know, you got to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> that headphones on my digital piano. But I'm just, I'm getting so good at it, and it it feels so good to play it and get it down right. I'm just like, man, like a lot of people can't relate to that, and that's sad, unfortunate. But yeah. I'm 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 glad that I that I have that, you know. Yeah. So so wait, you you just started playing piano four years ago, or you've always been? When did you start playing piano, or when did you start getting into music? Yeah. So, so I, as a kid, I was definitely interested in it. I showed signs. I took uh, like a little less than a year of piano lessons when I was in sixth grade Mm. story goes, you know, I had one recital and started learning how to read music, asked my parents to take the summer off and then join back in the fall. And then we never joined back. So from that moment, I dabbled a little bit in my, in my, you know, teens and high school and stuff like making beats on like the keyboard and stuff. But I never really took it seriously again until I turned 30 a few years ago. Mm. And that was like, you know, 29 into 30. It was like, all right, I want to get back into this. I Basically, listening to the signs, the, the cues, when you, you know, watch something and there's a piano, like even to today, there's a piano on the screen. Or if I see a picture of a piano or, or someone playing, it just invokes some type of uh, excitement or exhilaration in me. If I see something that reminds me of a piano, like black and white you know whatever rectangles like i get excited like mm. i'm i'm aware of that now and so for years i was aware of it but i didn't do anything about it until four years ago and that's when i literally the same exact book that i that i was using when i was in sixth grade taking lessons that physical book i still had so as a sort of you know special thing i went through that entire book as part of my training like learning myself obviously went on youtube learned a whole bunch of stuff and then when I felt ready, I said, all right, now I want to actually start taking lessons, you know, one-on-one. So I did that for a few years and that got me to where I am now, where I'm able to now play and enjoy it, but also teach piano as well. Um, I know we'll talk about the Patreon at some point as well, yeah. but even before starting that Patreon up, I, um, I, I, I have a part of my KMATS offering of, you know, one-on-one piano lessons and be able to work with kids remotely with piano is incredibly fun and inspiring as well yeah. so there's, there's there's a lot of different things that i'm ca- kind of doing now as you mentioned when you were introducing me and part of what part of i guess i would say the the challenge is like a lot of people who are successful do say to focus like on one thing and get really good at it a lot of people say that mm. 
that's hard for me to like focus on one thing um, because I'm interested in many different things. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I'm, I'm starting to kind of see now that like the content creation uh, experience and the video editing and the posting and all that stuff that I was really focusing on my personal brand for, Cordmaster brand, that stuff needs to now be translated some to fortifying and building and promoting and and showing people what KMATS is all about through the same channels, right? Through the Instagram and, and you know, YouTube shorts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So now I'm starting to think of like ways to leverage this experience that I had to kind of get more people aware of the fact that, hey, I'm a, I'm I'm what you're looking for kind of mm. thing, right? Black male tutor, you know, who's doing well, who has the success stories with his clients and everything. I feel like there's a ton of people out there in the world because we're remote now that are looking for me. And so now this, like as of a couple of weeks ago, now it's a matter of, you know, having fun with the experience of figuring unique ways to get them to find out about me and using some of my money that I make from KMAT, pouring it back into the business to kind of, you know, market and stuff like that uh, has been a fun experience these last, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, that the, the whole, uh, I mean, like, just if you're just starting at the YouTube thing, I mean, the YouTube thing, when the pandemic struck, I really worked hard to build up, you know, to get those thousand follow, th thousand subscribers. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get these things. And I found success doing like little tutorial videos. And like, there's something that's very motivating about seeing like little, like your work pay off and seeing, yeah. you know, seeing little successes. And, and, and that was one of the big things for me was getting past that 1000 mark. But I could never get over the four thousand. What is it? Four thousand watch hours? Is that watch what? Hours. Is that? Mm -hmm. So, have you monetized your YouTube? Have you been able to? Yeah, you know, I had a very unique story with that man. So, I, I my first video I released on January third of I guess that would have been twenty twenty. Mm. I guess. And I had a goal to monetize my my channel by the end of the year, mm. and. I literally hit the the four thousand hours on December thirty first. Wow, and it was funny that's awesome. on, on literally on New Year's Eve, and I'm like, that, that was kind of kind of dope. But you know, the thing the thing with monetizing for me, it was great that I was able to. I had to change my content a little bit, right? So I started my very first videos were me sitting in front of the camera talking about these different experiences, um, personal development, professional development, lifestyle design, just me talking to the camera, just sharing these experiences. People seem to enjoy them. Maybe they would get a few hundred views, this and that. I would at the time send text messages to people on my phone, like, oh, check this out when you get a chance. Yeah. Now I get like a little, it's a little cringe worthy now, like, because like people don't want to get that text message. Like, like, I appreciate what you're doing. I don't need to see you talk to a camera. I know you already, like that kind of thing, right? So I had to kind of, and no one said that to me, but I'm sure everyone thought that way because I feel that way when people send me messages. I'm right. like, yo, I appreciate it. But, you know, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to watch now. I'm sorry. Right. Unless if it's, uh, I, I don't want to sound like, like, a, like a, like a a-hole right now. <laughs> it depends. If I'm interested in it, then I will watch it. Mm -hmm. If I'm not interested in it, then I won't. Put this, yeah, let's put it that way. Sure. So it, it took a while for me to kind of understand the, the way to kind of do that. And I'm still learning. Now I'm like, oh, let me get an email list going. Let me get people who want to know about this and who want to be notified. Let me get those individuals, you know, an email sent to them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm still working through. But yeah, it happened at the, at the end of literally the end of the year. Um, what I was going to say about it, though, is that with YouTube for monetization, as I'm learning, is that the is that the holy grail of getting four thousand and one thousand? 
it was something I was excited about, but it's like, eh, there's other ways that are unique and that are more fulfilling to make money than, and I'm not trying to, sh- you know, shit on, on, you know, YouTube, but the idea is like, how are you making the money? How am I making the money? It is happening through, you know, targeted ads for non YouTube premium watchers of my content. I don't know what the hell they're advertising to them, but part of me feels like, damn, like, okay, I'm getting a few pennies, right? Essentially for, they can be ad- advertising anything to my, my viewers. And I don't even know what it is. Right. Maybe just maybe there's, there's ways. And I, I've been seeing some of my content creators that I watch their stuff and some of them don't put ads on their channel and they say, Oh, this channel is fully funded by Patreon. If you want to support it, it's in your heart. Like you can support it. We'll put your name in the, in the you know description, blah, blah, blah. Some people are, are game for that. You know, me, I went that route a little bit, but now I'm like, I have more to bring to the table. I want to be able to teach and educate and inspire and, and form a tighter knit community of people who want to learn from me. Mm. And I'm, you know, willing and, and excited about the opportunity to do so. And I think Patreon is is incredibly fair and dope with what they're doing. I was looking at like the breakdowns and stuff, you know, Twitch. I think takes what 50% if I'm not mistaken of like the money or something like that. Yeah, 50% of the subs, but you get all the bits. Oh, is that right? Okay. So I didn't realize that. That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Because when you buy bits on Twitch, they take their, they take their taste right off the top. Off the top. Okay. So So like you get all the bits and, uh, and then of course you can set up donations through PayPal, which all go directly to you. Um, so there's other ways of doing it on, uh, on Twitch, but yeah, Twitch, Twitch has like, you know, th- there's a lot of people who don't like that model of you taking half my subscribers when you're literally asking people to pay, you know, five, you know, six, seven bucks in some countries, you know, when it, when it breaks down USD, pay that every month and, and, uh, you know, to support this channel and, and yeah. yeah, here comes Twitch just taking out, you know, half of that. So there's people that don't like it. I'm, I'm okay with it. Like they make it really easy for me to, to yeah. monetize the podcast, uh, besides, you know, running ads on the audio and such, but like, yeah. um, it, it's, a. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it. Twitch makes it very easy for me, so I'm not going to sit here and shit on Twitch. Definitely um, not. Yeah. yeah. And, that, that, you know, you know that I was going to ask a question, too. Someone made a, a, a good point. Uh, I was I think I was a guest on someone else's podcast a while ago, and we were just talking. And I'm going to ask you the same question because I'm curious, like the idea of being able to sit across from someone virtually in this case and have like a intimate conversation about topics that are interesting hopefully to both parties is something that's really unique because when we think about our and i'll speak from my experience like my close friends i'm not able to sit across from them and have a, a relatable conversation you know what i'm saying mm. you're a content creator you're a podcast host we can we we've we've had similar challenges similar successes similar things that's happened along our journey mm. and so i think that it's really it's really important to acknowledge the fact that you've established that like, you have this um, community and you have this this show that you started and you're able, I'm sure you are, right? Able to learn from people and, and hear interesting stories and stuff like that. To some people, they, would, they, they might think like, man, that doesn't sound fun at all. Like I, I'm sitting across from a random person. I'm just like listening to this person talk for a while. But you and me, 
like that's fun as hell for me. Like I'm sometimes it's almost like a master class, depending on who the guest is, where you're learning so much stuff. Right. And uh, tell me a little bit about like what that experience has been for you. I'm kind of curious. I'm I'm turning into the interviewer now. No, that's all right. No, it, it's a conversation, man. Uh, the the. I mean, this podcast has changed so much for me and like I've learned so much that it's like hard to even keep track of what I've even learned over the time because we're talking, I'm like 440 episodes deep, you know, I've been doing this for for six going on seven years, you know, and I'm just hitting that point where I am able to monetize the podcast and, and uh, you know, through Twitch or through ads, uh, ad revenue on the audio um, so for me, it's just been this really, um, I don't know, it's been this sort of slow burn on learning patience, learning how to receive information, learning how to listen, learning how to ask questions, learning how, learning what's interesting to me. And like, cause there's, there's times when people are talking about situations that I never even would have thought of. And that sends me on a rabbit hole on YouTube or something, you know, like I have my notebook here and. Um, every once in a while, I like, you know, I'll pick up my pen, I'll write down a word and that will just be, you know, like that will, or, or someone will uh, say a book or something, I'll write down oh, a yeah. book or I'll write down a quick phrase so I don't forget that because I have a bad memory about stuff. So, mm-hmm. and, and just going through this notebook, there's just, you know, all kinds of stuff that I just go through and look up and learn. So for me, it's just been a real learning experience. First of all, for myself, because I, I started this journey when I first, when I first started this podcast, I had, you know, I, I had, I was going through a lot. It was a, it was a busy year. It was like my, my father died. My, my son was, uh, conceived, uh, not yet born, but I think he was born. I, yeah, I think I started right after he was born. So mm-hmm. like you know it was a it was a it was a tumultuous time. I quit drinking alcohol and um I was getting fit. I was losing a bunch of weight and so like for me it was a very much like I, I don't know it was like a, a it was a way of expression. It was cheaper than therapy. Although I, I I did end up going to therapy which was huge. I wish I would have went a long time ago <laughs> and and then to that to that point, I wish I would have been more receptive to taking medications, the right medications, uh, for for my for my deals for my uh, mental health issues. You know, so for me, it was like a really big uh, exploration on mental health. It was a, a big exploration on what motivates people to do things because I'm very interested in like 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 you know I was asking you about what was it that made you want to quit a well paying job. Um, to go and take a you know a challenging job that pays a lot less but is more fulfilling you know it's like what makes people want to like quit their quit their well paying job and be a musician right like why would you ever do that for right. me I got fired and and so I didn't really have a choice I could either get another job that I hate or I could work towards building uh building myself up you know and, and figure out right. different ways and and through that so the podcast is such a cool thing because there's different eras there's different uh you know there's you can definitely see growth you can see what i've been building on mm-hmm. ideas have changed over the years it's been a place for people to come and 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 uh you know Tell their ideas, expose I expose me to new ideas, expose me to different ways of thinking, and so now it's sort of been like what it's all culminated to is like uh, I, I I'm not one to sit here and judge people for 
you know, their their political affiliation or uh, their their religious beliefs or anything like that, because uh, I don't know. I've talked to so many people, and there was a time. I mean, especially when I first got on here, like where I was very judgy. I was like, "Oh, you're a Trump supporter. Fuck you. You're a piece of shit." You know. Now, you know. Now that we're going through this, now that we've gone through a lot, as you know, and just just that is the one example. But like just. Mm-hmm just being able to talk to people and and to be able to sort of research and sort of uh you know have time to 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 you know have information sink in it's allowed me to you know uh have a, a wider scope of of pers- perspective on how people come i mean cuz people it takes all kinds to make this world go around right like it's just mm-hmm. uh y- you could think someone's an idiot but then they could be really amazingly interestingly smart on this one subject you know and and so it's like if for me the biggest thing is like not assuming what people are and not being so judgy because <laughs> i was super Dude. judgy about shit so like it for me the biggest takeaway is just uh, a better perspective on life and and a better perspective on who I am as a person. Which yeah. was a very no, long-winded I, to get to that point, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, how about for that. you though? How about for you? Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, I, I love that that perspective, man. I didn't realize you said 400 plus uh plus episodes, which means that about 400 plus guests or do you always have guests on or sometimes um, not. So, there's probably there's probably a good there's probably a good like seventy or eighty episodes out there that don't have guests. I've been wow. recently doing um, I've been recently doing um, music news on this channel, which I've been really loving. I love wow. talking to people. I love doing this stuff, but it's been really fun to do like music news. So just covering, just like like I have this long running cover. I, I just, I'm so obsessed with Kanye West. Like I love Kanye oh, West wow. as a, a- as an artist. Uh, I think he he's he's crazy as fuck. But like I I, I don't care. Like I love what he does. I love his. Yeah. He's so masterful at his craft and 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 marketing and and as a designer, as a mm-hmm. just as a human being, like just everything is very. It feels very calculated, but it also feels very just like wild and off the cuff. You know, like he mm-hmm. he does mm-hmm. things like when you hear him talk in long form conversations, like you could tell that there's something off. He might be on the spectrum or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but he definitely has a very. Uh, a very uh, just uh, he's a very focused artist and 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 oh, I, yeah. I believe he's a genius so like any Kanye news is good enough for me to talk about Kanye you know I mean he, he just released an NFT and I was like oh sweet I'm talking about his <laughs> NFT release you know yeah yeah but but also like looking into it, it pop culture and like we just uh we just did the um we just followed the whole Johnny Depp case you know and Johnny uh-huh. Depp Johnny Depp is a musician at heart, you know, like he, he's a he's a guitarist and a singer. And uh-huh. so that, you know, it, it has to be something to do with music, but it doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, like like our uh-huh. first, you know, first hour of talking, we weren't talking about music. That's right, never right. been the show. It's never been like, let's just talk about music. Music has always just been a part of it, but I'm not really interested in just sitting there and breaking down artists or breaking down this and that. I want to know who this person is that I'm talking to. I don't want to know, you know, I'm not trying to get nerdy on the, on an E7, 9 slash 11 chords, you know what I mean? Like that's not really, yeah, yeah. or music theory, which it can be that, but I'm really interested in knowing who these people are that I, that I talk to all the time. So, so yeah. yeah, a lot of it's, uh, most of it, most of the episodes are talking to people. And now recently I've been releasing these audio 
of of me and the community going through these news stories and stuff and they've been being pretty well received uh, which i'm very i gotta i gotta give it up to the audience my audience here on which has been growing and we've been growing pretty pretty decent pace you know and and it's been it's been doing really well and throughout the whole time there's always been these huge changes these huge sea changes where it's like in i first started in san diego and i had a nice studio out there and i was working at the studio and recording people and i was producing had band rehearsals uh and, and like i always and i had really cool guests come in in person and then we went on van life and then i was doing them for the road and then we got to ohio which i thought my podcast was going to tank in ohio but it ended up like doubling and then, mm-hmm. and then when we moved everything to Twitch, which is a whole different dynamic, because again, there's there's a chat involved, right? And before it was just you and me, and and we're just having a conversation. Now there's like people that are interacting with the conversation, asking questions, and, and involved yeah. in the conversation. And ever since I went to Twitch, it's exploded even more. So like every step that I've taken and every huge change that we've made in the show has always been received really well by the, by the audience, by, by our audience. So like, I'm just super grateful for, for everybody chat and for audio audience, you know, I love you babies. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's been awesome, man. I really, I really like, I really like it because, uh, podcasts don't have to be any one thing, you know what I mean? It can be whatever you want it to be. And uh, as long as you're doing it with passion, I think people will go along with you. That's key, man. That's that's probably something that I, I've heard, I've heard the opposite of that so much, <laughs> and I push back. I'm sure you have as well, right? Like podcasts, like oh, you want it to be successful, like you need to niche down, you need to describe yeah. your 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 ideal audience down to the T, like. And I've heard that on these, these podcast masterclasses, mm-hmm. and one one common thing that I've realized since becoming a YouTuber and a content creator, there's so much information and so many people with opinions out there that you, everyone, a lot of people speak their opinions as if they're factual. Like in order to do this, you have to do this. And I would usually believe them. I'm like, this person has a million followers or a million this, like they must be, they must know what they're talking about. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And so now my big thing is like, and I've talked about it in a couple of my recent videos, like, I just don't, I, I think we have to just be measured with how we receive information. Um, typically, like on YouTube, what what credential, right, does someone have to be able to give, to be able to say something so explicit, uh, explicit in the sense of like very specific about this is what you need to do in order to, to get this result. When we all think differently, hmm. there was, I'm trying to think of this, this specific, uh, this specific example. It might, it might come to me in a minute, but just in general, we all sort of, you know, respond to things. We're all different, different individuals. So like going this path that worked for that person, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to do the same thing. So for that yeah. reason, when you mentioned about the niching down thing, like that's something that I, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out for sure. Like I'm, I'm approaching episode 100, uh, for core master keys. And once I hit that, I'm gonna take a step back and, you know, just reassess a little bit and kind of figure out if indeed I want to identify, like, if I want to look at these past guests and figure out what makes the most sense in terms of what type of guests do I want to focus on sort of for this next, these next batch. And part of me was like, okay, 
but there was a time where I started having, you know, people like Raina and several other like Raquel and, yeah. and uh, like a lot of people like Twitch streamers, right? Yeah. Having them on and, and I'm, I shouldn't name names and I'm like leaving out some of them, but <laughs> y'all know who you are. Y'all know who you are. And so I had amazing conversations with, with all of them. And I learned an immense amount of information as a new streamer at the time. Mm. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. I'm like learning from someone who's successful. I'm vibing with them, connecting with them. And it was great. So at that time, I'm like, oh, maybe this is my niche. Maybe I should just focus on this this person. Like, I want to interview every single Twitch musician who wants to be or who would like to like to be on. And perhaps I will do that over time. Mm. But there's another side of another type of person who I, I've had several conversations with um, on my episodes. And these are like music producers for people who like make yeah, people who make music mm. who are behind the scenes to to songs and to things that we all know like intricately, but we just may have never heard of this person. So I'm gonna give you an example. One person I spoke to recently, his name is J-E, J-A-Y, and then the letter E. Mm. He produced the entire Nelly Country Grammar album. Oh, cool. And that's one of nine um, hip-hop, diamond-selling diamond hip-hop albums of all time. Right. And so being able to talk to this individual was like, incredible he had like the crazy dope like mad keyboards in the back euro rack gear and all kind of stuff back there so i'm like staring at this the whole time I'm like damn you got that you got that that's, that's super dope and like but he was so humble and he was like it was just fun to like talk to someone who who's so accomplished mm. but also was like visibly and even you know him and i talk now like he was excited to be on on this you know on this this conversation because a lot of a lot of people do know him, but also a lot of people don't know that he's the person who, myself included, until we talked, um, who was behind this iconic project. Right. And so he had his like, you know, his like his spotlight kind of thing, right? For a little while, that's kind of what it felt like a little bit. And um, I loved that. I, I loved that. I had a couple of people in that space as well on. Um, so it's a matter of figuring it out yeah. and having fun with it, being able to think back. You know what conversations that i have that makes me feel like excited to talk about or maybe even excited for me to go re-listen to them mm. and perhaps those are the ones that you double down on and kind of focus on that you know that yeah. type of um type of guest yeah i mean th that's the thing about about doing this and especially because of the pandemic we have so much more competition which i don't mind competition uh, mm. i think everybody's on their own path but you know a lot of people you know, you see other podcasters who start well after you who are, are just killing it, you know, and, and like I'm just I, you know, like I, I, I that idea of finding a niche and I don't know what that really is for me either. You know what I mean? Yeah. But all I know is that I've consistently just talked about whatever the fuck I wanted to talk about. And um, that's just all I've ever done. And so that's mm -hmm. really been my my my, uh, you know, my 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 guiding light or my North Star is just like, just go with what interests you and, and take the conversation where it goes and and just try to stay out of your own way and try to stay out of the guest way and just doing it and, and just. I, I just always had fun doing this, and I think that just for me and for our for my audience that just translates like this is a good time. We're having fun. Mm -hmm. We're chatting, uh, and you know, it, they, the conversation can go anywhere. You know, it could yeah. it could be about anything. So there's no parameters set. You know, what I mean, um, yeah. And, and, uh, except for the parameters I set for myself, just just uh, you know, just for what, just from my past experiences, like there's just certain things that I'm not really 
interested in talking about, you know, so like I, I won't go there, but it's still, it's like, um, I don't know. It, it's been really cool to 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 see growth consistently, yeah. and I don't and I don't really know why. You know what I mean? And I don't know how it is. And but but I, I if I had to assume, it's just because people know that I'm gonna be talking to somebody who's cool or interesting, and uh, and I'll be there. So I, I guess yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's it's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what, the, maybe that's the niche. Maybe it's just that I'm going to be there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, that to me, that that's just so strange to, to uh, and I get that niche, you know, and I've been in that same position where it's like, wh- what can I do to make this go bigger? And like, maybe I got to focus in on this and maybe I got to focus in on that. But it's like, at the end of the day, it, it has to be fun, or else it's gonna for me. Right. It's gonna turn into another job, and I don't want. Right. I don't want another job. You know what I mean, like I just want. I want to do something that's fun, and and eventually pays my bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's taken a long, long time, and it's been grueling. And there's been times when I don't want to put out. We were just talking about this on Raina Stream, where it's just like we had some podcasters or streamers in the, in the, in the, in the chat who are just like, man, I get burnt out. And it's just like, I don't want to do that. And, you know, I put all this money into this, but I'm not seeing results. And, you know, I got burned out on my podcast and it's like, well, the biggest thing I think for people to do is just be consistent. And I think that was one thing that I learned very early on just from listening to podcasts and, and hearing people, because I, I I've loved podcasts for you know almost since they were they they came out. You know, I got on mm-hmm. the podcast train maybe in 2010, 2011, You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like they'd only been around for a few years, and I got into Mark Marin, who is a uh, who's a comedian who has a podcast called WTF, which is a very big podcast. Uh, I think it's lost some popularity over the years, but it, it really was one of those podcasts that sort of led the way for podcasters and same mm-hmm. way with Joe Rogan, like that, that whole, you know, he was one of the first ones who got an Adam Carolla. These are all people who started just doing this a long time ago, not knowing what they're doing either. And they just started going and, 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 yeah. and it worked and it worked for them really well. So in, when I started my podcast, podcasts were still not really no one really knew what a podcast was right like there was a few people who knew a podcast was and it wasn't really the most popular thing and Mm -hmm. then you know a few years later podcasts are everywhere and now it's just like you can't fucking throw a rock without hitting somebody with a podcast so it's like so it it, I, i don't know like for me it was just consistency is what 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 made what i i think was a big part of doing it it's like uh, for me, if I miss an episode, it's like I fucking failed my life. You know, like there's just days where I do not want to record my intros. I do not want to sit down, edit again. I don't want to mm-hmm. sit there and make clips. I don't want to sit there and post. It's just like it, it disgusts me sometimes. But it's just like having that fortitude to push through that. Um, yeah. and, and, and sometimes it can feel like a job. I mean, I hate writing fucking, uh, 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 sponsorship pitches. I hate it. I hate it. It's like the worst fucking thing in the world. Like the, I just, just, I don't like doing it at all, but it's mm-hmm. like, there's certain parts of this, of this, if you really want it to grow and you really want to be something, it's like, you got to push through that bullshit. And it's yeah. like, you know, having a toddler, having a kid, having, you know, having other responsibilities. Now I have a day job 
and now adding all that in together and then you know whatever else gets thrown in the mix trying to be a family it's like it's it, be be a part of a family be i i have you know besides my immediate family you know i have a sister my mother here where i live and so like they get together a lot so i want to be a part of that and i, I just mm-hmm. it's it's a lot to contend with but at yeah. the end of the day i know on tuesday like tomorrow after i get off work i'm gonna have to fucking put record my intros and outros and, and and edit down the videos and get it all put together so Wednesday morning one can be record one can be put out and then and then Friday another one and because with Twitch I started interviewing more people twice a week I I, I, I had to open up two two shows so it was once a week every Wednesday or something I, I changed days a couple times but but it's always been very consistent and, and now it's Wednesdays and Fridays are my audio releases and then um, with with the streaming it kind of varies because of jobs and stuff what's up moving dutchman what are you doing good to see you my friend uh dutchman yeah man uh so so yeah it's it's one of those things where like if you really care about it like you have to just foster it and you have to fucking when you don't feel like doing it is when you got to do it more (laughs) it's like exercise right like do you exercise at all do you are you in that fitness I do. I'm like in the process of now, now that we have a little bit of the cadence going on with the baby girl, yeah. like I'm starting to get back into like a, a schedule, you know, yeah. we've been doing a lot of, um, it's been beautiful, a lot of uh, walk. I, I really enjoy walking. Yeah. And so now a, an opportunity to have her yeah. sort of in the, the harness thing strapped okay. and have her go for a walk with me. Uh, so my wife can, you know, rest or chill for a couple of hours. Yeah. That's been like a, like a perfect, you know, sort of, uh, perfect sort of thing right there yeah but yeah man oh moving dutchman thank you so much for gift subbing let's uh, go cord master i appreciate you my friend by yes, the, uh, by yeah. the thank by, you man by the way moving dutchman I, I'm, I'm working on a surprise for you and and for for mighty money i got i got two for my diamond club you guys are awesome you guys contribute so much it's in the works <laughs> it's in the works so we're gonna be uh, that that'll be revealed soon. But of course, here's our tired old Gandalf. Welcome here's, to We Speak English for you, Moving TV. Dutchman. I'm your announcer, Sir Ian McKellen. Now, please put your hands together for your host with the most, Mike E. P. You, I, I do feel the pressure. I, I feel the pressure, and uh, and and I, but I emailed everything. I got it all set up, and mm-hmm. the, the the check's been signed. So in, hopefully by the time you get to that one hundred mark, I was looking at Mighty Mighty has like two hundred and fifty gift subs. I, like she, they they I should say they are due for for a new uh, thing. So. So yeah, it's coming down the bin. Just know, moving Dutchman, Daddy loves you, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get you something. But yeah, man, those uh, walking is such a important part. I th- I feel like walking is such an integral part of, like walking as a family is so nice. I think it's a very important part of of you know communication because uh, I, creativity. I feel like walking is a huge part of that. Yeah. I mean, I remember walking. When our son was first born, you know, like that was a huge part of everything. And 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 then I was the stay-at-home dad. Uh, my wife ended up going back to work, and I ended up staying home with the with the with the baby. And mm-hmm. that was every day. It was every day. It was like, well, we're going for a walk. We're going to the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an everyday occurrence. It was just mm-hmm. going 
and doing these things. It's so it's so important, man. Um, it really is. I, I I don't know. So so you walk. Do you, do you have like hills around you, or is it all pretty flat? I would say some areas. Some areas there are somewhat hilly. Mm. Um, but my thing right now is like okay, we kind of do like the same path all the time. So I want to start because it's like it takes a little bit more effort to get her in the car and drive to like a nearby place and then mm. walk around there. But that's certainly like just to kind of mix things up a little bit. That's like the next, the next evolution of this daddy daughter, you know, walk walkathon that yeah. we do. Because <laughs> there's a lot of really in Jersey. There's a lot of really nice, um, you know, places. And I'm I'm thinking about like you know maybe a little bit older for like you know a hike kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, right now it's more casual kind of thing. She's so small. But um, man, this this fatherhood thing is just it, you you know what it is, man. It's yeah. just like it's so wild. Like I like I catch myself definitely like we bring her upstairs after you know bath time and and when it's time for her to kind of take it down, she's sleeping downstairs. So we bring her up when when it's time to you know for us to go to bed too. And you know Jess, my wife is you know in the bathroom getting herself like washing up and stuff. And I just like I have I have our daughter like in the in the bassinet. And some, you know, sometimes I just like, I just like sit next to her and I just like sitting there just like staring at her, just like staring right at her. I can't stop yeah. getting, getting emotional now thinking about it. Certainly got emotional many times, like looking at her and it's just, it's, it's so just amazing, man. I, I just, we're just so thankful um, to have the opportunity, to be given the opportunity to be parents. It's something yeah. that we prayed for and, you know, it's here now and we have such a incredible um, just blessed to say this as well, a, a support system, right? You know, her parents, my parents, and a lot of our friends and family, like knowing that she's going to be positively influenced by so many people that we, you know, revere um, and love and respect is, is just, it's awesome. It's a really incredible thing. And, um, and now find, finding the balance between these things that I'm doing as an entrepreneur and, you know, from the content creation some, somehow things got a little bit clearer um, in terms of, I mentioned to you kind of being um, sometimes, I didn't say the word all over the place, but I, sometimes I am in terms of like, which direction do I want to go? Do I want, like, I love playing the piano. So do I just want to focus on just some piano centric content or do I want to focus on, you know, sharing my love of gear, like this OB4 speaker and like doing Whoa. remixes and performances. What is that? Well, Bro, this thing, it's a $600 Bluetooth speaker is what oh, it is, geez. but it can do, I say the price only because a lot of people who, who know about it are like scoff at the price, how expensive it is, but you can remix songs, um, remix live radio songs, play, you know, remix stuff that you're playing via Bluetooth or the aux by like pitching down or pitching up the pitch mm. and then jumping in time to other parts other bars so say for example i gotta, I gotta give this explanation because you asked so say if you have a song playing on here like a disco song that's why I, I like like funk and disco stuff it's like really fun to do that type of stuff on mm. here. so you have that going and you have two components to like any song you have the vocals and you have the music so like on disco songs you have the beat is consistent but sometimes like the sounds you know change a little bit from measure to measure but of course the vocals are going to be like different the whole way through is saying different things so what i what i what i can do in here is i can like pitch down slow it down a little bit and then i can loop a four bar or you know four uh yeah a one bar you know four beats i can loop this boom okay it's looping but then you can do something called sliding 
which means that while this is looping, I can press a button and I can jump in time to either the next bar or the previous bar. And so what that allows you to do is sort of keep the beat going the same, but what she or he is singing in the song, you can like remix what they're saying. This stuff on my channel, if you guys are interested, I probably didn't do a great job explaining, but that's okay. On my channel, Chordmaster OB4 is the name of the speaker. You can check out some stuff that I've done with it. It's um, it's really, really just fun to use. So for me, something like that, there's not a lot of content on YouTube with this. Mm. So right now, part of what I'm what I'm thinking about is I have an immense amount of fun, as you can probably see from me talking about it so excitedly, um, just using that speaker. Yeah. My dad uh, is he has a vast like very interesting how amazing his his knowledge and, and musical taste is his musical taste he he said so he starts sending me stuff now that i have in this ongoing playlist of stuff that he thinks it will be a suitable or good song to perform on here yeah. and he he listens to rock listens to rap listens to you know like 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 um disco stuff funk stuff oldies it's just so vast and I'm kind of at all sometimes when I think of it, I'm like, dang, like there aren't many people I know that will send me some, you know, some, I don't know, Pink Floyd or the doors or something as well as, you know, some hip hop stuff that he like listened to back in the day. And so it's very diverse. And I think part of, you know, my musical taste definitely comes from that. Yeah. Um, but I say all that to say, there's a lot of different stuff that I, that I make content on my YouTube channel mm. about some stuff. When I release it, I know it's going to, perform well because i know people are looking for that next koala sampler video for example which is a sampling app on the ipad that's the best sampling app on the ipad that i oh. use a lot and so i'm starting to like not push back on that anymore sometimes i was like okay i know people are looking for this from me but i don't know if i feel like doing this now so i'm just going to go ahead and do this other video on something that i just want to do but no one cares about it so no one watches it it's like <laughs> what's the point of that you know what I'm saying? like no that's not that's not what this whole thing is about this whole thing is about like if i want to do it right I know what people are looking for so I can interweave other things into that overarching sort of topic that people are looking looking for me to make content on um, and that's what I've been doing and it's working and mm -hmm. I'm like okay that makes sense yeah so now it's like just it's like okay I have this I have this you know this little tripod right there my little camera tripod yeah. I have there's been times that's my it's a Nikon Z6 camera right there. So there's been times where I I use this. I'm talking to you right now. My iPhone 12 right now, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been times where I use this inferior camera to make content versus this professional camera. Why do I do that? Because maybe it's I don't know. It's like sometimes a little easier or quicker or whatever the case is. But but the stuff that this is like the depth of field and all that stuff that I'm able to get on there on this camera. When I'm editing, I'm like, this is it. It, it looks so good. Why? Why don't I always use this? So, like, it's it's kind of thinking about the reason I don't always use it. Maybe it wasn't set up in a way where it's easy to use all the time. Mm. Now it is. Now it's like I have two batteries. I have one always charged. I have a bigger memory card. I have things situated where I can just hit the on, hit the record button and I just start recording right away. The app that I do my video editing on on my iPad. Um, not recently, a while ago, but now they have the ability to edit directly from uh, external storage, which is massive because mm. previously I had to transfer everything to the iPad. And what if you have a really big file, you have to manage files and all that stuff. Yeah. It's extremely frustrating and I hated it so much. 
Uh, but now I have a, a system that works. Right. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm like excited. That coupled with the fact that Tuesdays and Thursdays at three o'clock for the last several weeks and hopefully ongoing, that's when people are going to get a new video from me on my channel where all the videos are going to be opening up for the most part. Yo, what's going on, guys? Corbmaster here. And in today's video, like we're getting right to the point. Like, what are we doing in this video? This is what we're doing mm. in the video. You know that right away. And then when I'm editing these videos, the best moment of that I think while I'm editing, I just take like 10 seconds of that, copy it. And that's that's like the very first thing that the, that the video opens with. Mm. So it's like this logical just thing like, okay, I mean, I kind of knew these things before, but now I'm actually putting them to practice. Right. The retention rate when people click the video, like if it's not interesting as hell from the first few seconds, they may not watch the rest of it. Right. Um, so just yeah, thinking about these things, I I'm learning and I... I'm excited about even maybe incorporating some of these findings and these things that I've learned. Actually, I think tomorrow I'm probably going to put this video out. I made it a while ago, but it was like just uh, content creator tips and tricks that I learned. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while. And I put, you know, a lot of more like editing chops into it to make it more, not just me talking to the camera, but like some B footage and all kind of stuff in it. And I was kind of, you know, it's kind of in the back pocket. I'm waiting for the right time to release it kind of yeah. thing. So I think I'm going to probably drop it tomorrow. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a journey. I've seen a lot of people start, uh, you know, since I've been on this journey and then kind of fall off and, yeah. and for obviously reasons that, that are their own and stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm being consistent with it. I'm learning. I'm trying to like, trying to like just put out positive information, positive. Uh, I just always say positive vibes, I'm trying to resist saying positive vibes again, mm -hmm. but positive vibes <laughs> out there. And, uh, you know, and, and, and hopes that, that me just being authentic on camera and just me, me being myself is something that resonates with people. And when I get feedback from people that like they started their content creation journey or they started their, whatever they're, they're, they're interested in doing as a result of watching my stuff, like that's, that moves me in, in an incredible way. You know, we talked about the impact earlier. That's like a major thing for me. Yeah, that's that that is huge. Like just that feedback um, that that you can get, it, it really does like move things forward. It's definitely helpful when you when your when your audience sort of reaches out and is like, "Hey, I hate this." <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I know that they hate this, but yeah, but yep. I, I kind of I really uh you know like the idea of working on something that like like what I took from what when you're talking about it was like what motivates you to create is like um you know accessibility is like am i interested in this and even though you know what works and what people are looking for out of you as a content creator you'll still sort of uh kind of go into what what you want to do and like I, I feel like that that has to be a part of it too it can't just be like you're placating to this one audience and, and and yeah that 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 could be great and that can work of course but like I feel like if you're not into it, if you're not excited about it and you're just, okay, here we are again, we're going to be going over this, you know, this Korg, uh, you know, Triton, which, you know, Triton hasn't been <laughs> popular. <laughs> you know, we're going to be going over this Triton now and like, ugh, you know, you don't really care about it. I feel like that, that comes through. So, uh, you know, I feel like even if it takes you a little bit longer, as long as you're excited about what you're doing, that's going to translate. And, and you can't just keep, you know, doing the same thing over. At least I can't. At least Some people can, though, right? Like, some people are just yep. like, this is what I do. Yep. I'm doing it every week. I'm doing it at this time. And I don't care. We're doing it. 
And that's great. And they're finding success or they don't find success, whatever the situation is. Uh, but but if you're not excited about what you're doing, you're going to burn out and you're going to not like it. Oh, and, yeah. and you're not going to want it's going to catch up with you and you're going to be like, well, what I can't, what, what, what I'm flabbergasted by is that you do all your videos on an iPad. Like that, that would, oh, editing. yeah, it's like the, that, that's, that's, first of all, it's incredible. That would drive me insane. Uh, mm. but, but you found something that works for you, you know, no judgment, you know, do your uh -huh. thing. Uh, but I, I know if I didn't have a laptop, like there would be no video editing. It's just like, I can't mm -hmm. deal with iPad. Like, uh, do like, are you you touching the screen and like zooming in and like clipping? Man, it's, I got to be honest with you. It's so interesting you say that because I, I'm sitting in front of. A, I've recently upgraded to a, a Mac Studio that's right behind me here, and I bought it just because I wanted it. I was like, okay, I'll get a Mac Studio, but I also wanted to get, wanted to get back into. I just spilled a little bit of my sparkling water on the desk. Here. It's a little Oops. wet. That's okay. Oops. Um, I also wanted to uh, to get into. Um, get back into using Ableton a little bit because I've mm -hmm. done a lot of that. Basically, the iPad is like my creative hub. I do my mm -hmm. tutoring on there. I do my video editing on there. I do a lot of my music production on there. Wow. Um, but wow. I used to use Ableton back in the day and stuff. And so I thought, okay, maybe it might be interesting for me to... Um, I mean, I was well overdue to upgrade my desktop. I have like one of I had one of the older like gateway computers. People on this page on another patreon that i was on the other day i told them about it and they were like all getting on me cracking on me and stuff one guy brought over like a damn rotary phone like trying to say that said i had really old stuff or whatever um actually i think that's kind of part of the reason that i got i got like influenced to, to get one of these or like bullied into getting one yeah. so anyway um i uh it's funny about the video editing thing because i'm so I, i've only learned video editing on a touch screen on this wow. app called luma fusion and so i can't even imagine video editing anywhere else in any other facet with a keyboard and mouse, which is by far more popular than, than iPad editing. Um, but I did have uh, I did have a interest in exploring perhaps if there's a free trial or something for uh, Final Cut on the on my on my Mac that I have, I would want to try that out, but not but then it takes time to learn it, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have to kind of figure that stuff out. But I can see myself maybe trying that because maybe I'm missing something. Maybe, but but you know what? I'm probably not missing something because like just that that iPad, the touchscreen and mm -hmm. the portability of it. I like being able to do stuff just like little bits here, little bits there, like that type of thing. So yeah, I, I love it for what it is, but it's interesting. We have like the, the complete. And so that's, bro, that's exactly what we're talking about, right? It's like, I can have a video out and be like, yo, if you're into video production or if you're into looking to start to become a content creator, you have to check out Luma Fusion. It's 29 bucks. It's on the iPad. I use it all the time. I can say that it works for me, but it's not going to necessarily work for the next person. Same with you. You can talk about what's worked for you. And so, you know, even like the, 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 um, the schedule, like having a schedule for releases, some people do all their video uh, recording on like a Monday. And they say, okay, I'm gonna like have a different outfit. I'm gonna wear this for this, and I'm gonna do all my all my recording, and then we're gonna edit later in the week or whatever it is. And they have like a system like that. But one of the things that I that's working for me, and it just makes me feel so much better when I'm recording, is is a couple of things. One is like I'm only gonna talk about something when I'm hype about something. Um, if I'm excited about something I discovered on this new equipment or on that or on whatever, that's the only time that I feel like it makes sense for me to film a video um, because otherwise my enthusiasm is what needs to shine through i think in order to make the video what i what i want it to be 
Um, and I've had a couple, I've had videos on my channel where I'm not excited about something, but I felt obligated for whatever reason to release, you know, a video on this topic or whatever, whatever the case is, but it's a learning process. You go through it, you figure out what works for you. And ultimately, um, you tweak along the way, you talk to other people and you explore different options and try them out if you want to. And you kind of, you know, you kind of see what, what's best for you in, in your scenario. Yeah, I mean, once you find your workflow, it's hard to want to like break that flow because it's like, well, I, I I got my system, I got this. I mean, I'm that that's how I am. It's like I got my system, I got my thing. I'm gonna use this. I, I you know, I use Logic for the video uh, for for audio, and then I use the 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 final cut for the video and and because i used to use ableton too which it was a crazy learning curve and then and then oh, i yeah. switched to logic which was a crazy learning curve and then then final cut was a crazy le <laughs> learning curve so all these things uh it takes time and, and you're right like once you find your workflow it's you don't want to change that up because you know how much time it takes to sort of wrap your head around these programs and the wrap your head around your your workflow and how you work and learning how you work and and it's crazy okay no worries man um well you have a patreon um that uh, that you're doing right now tell us about your patreon uh, uh because that thing uh i think it's pretty cool what you're doing please yeah. let us know. thank you bro yeah for sure so like what i have going on there i think three weeks ago i started this it's something i've been thinking about for a while um just to give an opportunity for me to give lessons on everything that I've, I know and everything that I've learned about chords and chord theory, how to form your own chords to be used in your own music productions. The reason this came up as an idea for me is it's kind of multifaceted, but the main thing is that I discovered a lot of people who are producers pay money for sample packs um, to start their creation of their music, right? Like, for me, I, I've never, I've never even knew that was a thing for a while. Cause like for me to make music, I'm sitting in front of a keyboard that, you know, ideally has a built-in function to record and sequence and stuff on the keyboard and no computer, no nothing. And I'm just like playing chords or, or finger drumming or whatever. And I'm making music right on there kind of from scratch. That's always been my, my method. But a lot of people don't have that skill set or don't even don't know how to or don't care to do that right they use the sample pack they chop it up and there's all different ways of making music so it's not even like a judgment thing but for me I, I realized that a lot of people from polling my youtube community and asking around a lot of people wanted to learn how to play a chord progression that they can then you play themselves and then use for the creation of their songs for me that's like oh that's easy to do i play thousands or not thousands hundreds or whatever of chords and it's like simple because I've learned it over the years, but a lot of people haven't learned that yet. So my Patreon is about uh, a weekly 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday. Um, and we join and I teach how to play chord progressions. And I teach different things about chords so that you can kind of, you know, you like one of the main, main things that we're focused on right now, which I'm loving is like learning a chord progression for a song that's popular like say just the two of us i see the crystal wing, you know raindrops fall playing that chord progression is one thing but then changing the tempo of it a little bit and maybe shifting one or two of the notes a little bit around um or maybe changing the inversion of one of the chords and certainly changing the instrument that's being used to play the chords can make 
the can be the creation of of a song that you're making that's that when people hear it they're going to hear something that sounds nostalgic and similar to something that they know but they're not going to know that it's from that unless they're musically inclined and that's that's so much fun to do like that's like that's i i've done that a lot in addition to create my own ones um so i'm kind of teaching that stuff and it's it's a lot of fun man it's a lot of fun it's uh i'm actually in the process right now of like of changing the price point a little bit lowering the price point a little bit just because i think that it i want to make it a little bit more accessible right now i think there's like a three dollar five dollar ten dollar maybe twenty and then maybe fifty dollar tier and everything but the fifty dollar one all the other ones are just like ways for people to support the channel ways for people to support me um name in the description all that stuff i think we referenced a little bit earlier and i made the fifty dollar tier as my thought is like okay you for fifty dollars you're getting um what are you getting four hour-long chord classes along with however many people right now there's one soon to be you know hopefully as people learn about it and stuff kind of grows organically um but you're getting four classes and i kind of put that that price breakdown similar to like what i'm charging for my one-on-one tutoring and my piano lessons and i kind of found a happy medium but it, it didn't make as much sense to be at that price point for me. So I'm gonna actually lower that a little bit just for people who may be interested. It's gonna be, probably be 35 is, is kind of where I'm, where I'm eyeballing. And I'm gonna remove some of the other ones. Like, I don't think it needs to be four different ones for supporting, there could be like two there, just to make it a little bit more streamlined. Uh, but I'm excited about the opportunity to have something else to be able to talk about in my YouTube videos, like something to organically promote. Um, and one of the things that I'm gonna be doing is making like this, hopefully this is like one of my best videos yet, not in terms of performance, but in terms of like the amount of like planning that goes into it and attention that goes into it and information is I want to make like a 15 minute long, like, you know, crash course on everything you need to know about chord basics and how to form your own chords and stuff. And I want that to be on my YouTube channel. And then first comment, if you like this, boom, here's a Patreon, check it out if you're interested kind of thing. And that's something that I'm kind of, uh, yeah, just really excited about, like connecting these dots, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. And and I dropped the link in there. Uh, you can find all Cordmaster's links. You can find a link to his Patreon. You can find a link to his YouTube, all through that link right there. And if you're listening on the audio, make sure you're in the show notes and clicking around and supporting your boy Cordmaster. He's a... Uh, <laughs> He's awesome, man. You're you're out there. You're doing it. You're 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 taking that last step onto you know. Now you're just it's you and your work now, right? It's not you're not you're not answering to anybody but yourself now. So, I I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your thoughts and ideas with us, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, everybody, go follow Chordmaster. Go give him some love. And if you're interested in some pianoing, go go and go and sign up for that Patreon too. So, Chordmaster, thank you so much for coming on the show, and I will talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, bro, thanks so much for having me. This was a, a great time, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, yeah checking out some more of your content. And uh, yeah, definitely appreciate you reaching out, man. Oh, no worries. Thank you so much kevin i really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your truths ideas and and your 
your wonderful sensibility on how you see the world. Again, everybody, go to Chordmaster.com. That's K-H-O-R-D-M-A-S-T-E-R.com. You can find his podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's the Chordmaster Keys podcast. And, of course, go check out his, his tutoring stuff and uh, his Patreon. And go support. Go support your boy. And, uh, yeah, go do that shit. Alright guys, uh, that is about enough out of me. I am just tired. I worked today. And uh, we got some music streams coming up too, guys. So uh, if you are interested, come over to twitch.tv slash we speak English good. Um, today we should be doing a podcast, or I'm sorry, a, a music stream. I think we're going to be doing some music news. So come on through. It's going to be a good time. We'll be covering all kinds of cool stuff that's going on. And uh, yeah, come do that. Go do it. Go do it. All right, guys. I love you. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. I'll see you next week.